Next Chapter Podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Justin Richmond, host of the Broken Record Podcast. Join me, music industry icon Rick Rubin, and authors Malcolm Gladwell and Bruce Hedlum as we chat with legendary artists about their life and craft. This month, we're celebrating the Red Hot Chili Peppers' new album with John Fushante, Anthony Kiedis, Flea, and Chad Smith, all in conversation with producer Rick Rubin. They share stories and songs from the new album and also never-before-heard insights about their decades-long dynamic and chemistry. Listen wherever you get podcasts. The five hundred, the five hundred. JM been walking us down through that twenty twelve edition, so it ain't nothing to new. Hundreds more to go and in need of a friend, the king of these four Angelo talking the five hundred until the end. Talking the five hundred until the end with my man JM on the five hundred, talking the five hundred until the end. Pyramid song by Radiohead from the math is wrong on this. So it's from it's from Amnesiac, guys. Uh, I think it's number 320. It's on the 500. What's up, guys? I uh, hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. Watch the podcast on YouTube, guys. YouTube.com backslash Josh Adam Myers. Subscribe to the Patreon so we can ask your questions uh, to the guests. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. Uh, who cares about all that? Let's talk about what I'm doing. Uh, right now, I'm at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. I just did a jam with Kid Rock on Monday. It ruled. I am at the Netflix Fest doing four goddamn comedy jams. I'm doing a special taping for Netflix. I have got the... I got so much stuff, man. JoshAdamMyers.com. Make sure you guys are out there. May 19th, I'll be at the House of Comedy in Minnesota. So get your Juicy Lucy's and your Ladies in the Night. And let's see you there, everybody. Let's party. Radiohead, one of the greatest bands of all time, in my opinion. And uh, Amnesiac is is one of their more interesting records. It's uh, divided on who loves it, who doesn't, and who thinks it's some of their best work, and who thinks it's just an offshoot of Kid A. 
My guest today is the one and only Alex Sulkin, uh, family guy, Ted. I mean, the dude is the man. He's got a great podcast called A Typical Disgusting Display. He came on for In Rambos, and we're going to keep bringing him back because he's a fun dude to talk to. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the 500. Listen free on all platforms. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group. And for all things 500, go to the website, the500podcast.com. Here we go. Amnesiac by Radiohead. What I loved about the last episode, Alec, and this is why I brought you back, not just Thank because you. we vibe and we Thank we, we get it, we get it. Yes. We fucking get it. Absolutely. But you, but you and I fanboyed out so hardcore. I know. That we barely talked about tracks or anything like that. But look, look, like in our defense, Alec, that record is so perfect. You don't have to yes. individually go through it and talk about it. Amnesiac, on the other hand, is a departure from everything we know as Radiohead up until this point. Yeah, except Knives Out. But yes. <laughs> Knives Out <laughs> yes. slaps though, dude. Uh, yeah, no, Knives Out, Knives Out sounds like it could be on OK Computer or The Benz, I think. But the, yeah, what I was going to say when you, you gave that great preamble, and thank you for having me back, of by course, the way. Of course, I got dude. I got more responses from this show than any other. Yes. People were very excited. They, they commented that they enjoyed the last one. But today will be different. It's a different. <laughs> I, now, you're counting down the albums to number one. Is that correct? Yeah, unfortunately, dude. And okay. I'm, I'm okay. ready to quit. No, Adam, don't, Adam's heard me. Adam's don't, heard quit. don't quit. I, I get I understand exactly what you're saying, but you shouldn't. Um, so what number was can anyone refresh my memory? What number was in rainbows? Adam in rainbows was three thirty six. And what number is this? This is now, we are at 320. So 16 weeks ago, we talked. Okay. All 16, right. 16 albums down. It, what, listen, it, it, was, it was a little closer than I thought, but it's insane to me that Amnesiac is ahead of In Rainbows. I'll just say that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and this is obviously not to disparage in any way Radiohead. I think you can make a compelling argument to have all of their albums in a top 100 albums of all time list. Like I, I love, I love them, mm -hmm. but there's something about him like in rainbows, for example, I live on Cape Cod. Maybe you did. So <laughs> yeah, something we like to do in the summer is <laughs> we have doing? a, you know, we have a nice, a decent sized dining room table where you can see like 10 or 12 people mm -hmm. and you're getting stoned and you're getting drunk and you're stuffing your fucking face and you're looking out at the water at a, fucking gorgeous sunset so the music choices are important like it's important to choose good music for that moment you sure. know every time we have a dinner there i would never put on amnesiac i just wouldn't <laughs> i would put on in rainbows you know anytime at a, at a nice dinner party or whatever but this album like i got anxious as the podcast was getting closer because this album <laughs> makes me anxious yeah it there's does. something about it and it's weird because and you like like to get into all this shit but it was released in like may of 2001 or something mm -hmm. and and it almost feels like it's anticipating 9 11 that's how tense this album is it's like it's this it's something that it feels like it's challenging you and getting inside your skin with like almost every track. And they continue to do that thing of you and whose army, like these confrontational phrases that they want to like Radiohead is not here to take any guff, 
but they might also be the, you know, the guy on heroin in the corner who's like slumped against the wall, who's like yelling out insults at people. But it, it just, it's such a weird mixture. And this album combines so much of that, like, it, it's, it's almost like indescribable danger that they're, they're telling you about. There are a lot of lyrics about like the planet's done and I want out. And it's just like, oh God. Yeah. This is, uh, if you think about what the first lyric that we hear from this, after years of waiting, nothing came. Yeah. Oh. You know? And, They're so I, good with that first line. And because I guess to talk about this record, we have to go back a little bit and we have to mention to all the listeners, like if you don't know Radiohead, that you, you have to start at the beginning with them. They're like Miles Davis. You got to just see where, where they started and know where they're going because this is like they've already made a turn at OK yes. Computer. And then the, I guess OK Computer was 97. In 2000, in October of 2000, Kid A came out, which yeah. is like a lot of people, well, I think we battled between OK Computer and Kid A being yes. their fucking, they're like a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. their masterpiece. And and so we waited, you know, three years, but I mean, they arguably were, the out, out of any music critic's mouth, they would say, well, the, I think the thing we're the most excited about is what Radiohead's going to do after OK Computer. Totally right. Absolutely right. They had yeah. uh, OK Computer had and and I will say again, you'd said for your listeners to go back and listen from the start. I would say you could start at the Benz. I, I would just say that. Uh, you got now because creep creep is so good. But everybody knows creep. But I know, but it it's you just gotta you have to hear because they're so Brit pop at the beginning. They are so blurred, they're so they're the verb, yeah. they're oasis, they're every other band that was coming out in England. And you have to see that it's like, oh, they made they started because right at the bends is the turn starts, and you're like, oh, yes. what is it? Well, their John, their Johnny's getting a little bit more confident, making noises. The song lyrics aren't about love; they're about like real shit, like panic yeah. attacks. And then, of course, OK Computer comes out, changes the face of British music, if not music of the world. I agree. And then we have three years, and then I still remember I bought Kid A on at the Sam Goody in Gaithersburg, <laughs> Maryland, on the Goody. same day, on the same day that Gomez abandoned shopping cart trolley came out, which is a collection of B sides. Dude, you have to realize, Alec, I am a full-blown British-American. Like, I've accepted that I am 33% British. I'm wearing turtlenecks. I have my hair in a quasi-Richard Ashcroft mop. Yes. I'm saying righto. Like, I remember. Oh, that's intolerable. That's insufferable. (laughs) How could, how could, do you still have any friends from that era? I don't talk to a lot of those people. Uh, Yeah, I would imagine. A couple of them in fantasy football leagues. Righto. (laughs) Oh my God. Top of the morning. First of all, righto is better than no worries. I hate no worries. If you say no worries to me, I'm going to kick you in the throat. I hate it. I I love British expressions too. Like, I, I, I like you. I'm, I'm a huge Anglophile and I blame that on the Beatles. Because, you know, you, I, I would spend my, my whole childhood like imagining what beetle am I, of course, knowing all the time it was Ringo and, and, and barely if that. It's like, oh, I love when a lot of people dish, uh, you know, bash on Ringo. They're like, and then there's fucking Ringo. It's like, he was a really good drummer in the best band of all time. All what, time. Did you, what did you do? What did like, he, and dude, he, he's, he's 78 years old and he has jet black hair and no one's going to question him. They just go, <laughs> no, you're good, dude. <laughs> You're fine. You're good. Give us flash that peace sign. We still love you. Peace and um, love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Dude. No more letters. No more letters, please. Peace Yours and love. is good. Mine's terrible. Mine's always Paul. 
Well, I got the nose for it. So, nice. you know, nice. I got I got to jump on you. <laughs> but but Radiohead to me to get back to them. Yeah. They're they're the only band on the highway chasing the Beatles still. Like there's no you know, I don't think they're going to get there. Maybe, maybe, but but they're the only one left that has any chance to to climb that peak. And they're number two on my list, like Radiohead's second greatest band sure. of all time, I think. Um, but so the buildup, the waiting, as you said, after years of waiting, and I didn't even think of that. And they also smack you with that incredible beat at the beginning of that yeah. song, pack, packed in like sardines, where mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know, weird high steel drums on computer repeat. Um, so that's where the tension starts, and then they they get right into it. Uh, so I'm a little bit afraid of this whole album. Like when I see the black and red of Amnesiac, like it, it's harsh it, colors. It it makes me feel tense, like yeah. in a way that In Rainbows with its Skittles like cover did not. I wonder, Adam, if you could check. I know you saw if there was a fact in there. Did they do that on purpose? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure black and red, especially red, is an aggressive color. And, and maybe they did do something with the album cover to, I don't know, amplify the anxiety that you're feeling. Because obviously they were feeling it. I mean, oh. when, you, when you go from being, you know, all right, we're a respected band making music, then you have the album that changes everything and then everybody's kissing your ass and you're winning every award. And then it's like you tour and you're going all over the world and people are pulling at you. Then you, then you write Kid A, which, which is an extension of OK Computer. A couple of those songs could have been on OK Computer. Yes. Where, where like, yeah, maybe they, they, they pushed, you know, a little bit more onto the electronic side you know, they're using mixers with everything in its right place. Kid A is just noise. Yeah. Uh, uh, How to Disappear Completely is, you know, uh, is could be on any of the records. It just yes, is a perfect song. And then, and then so on and so forth down the line. And then this comes out in May, which I don't even remember if it was advertised that it was coming. Do you remember? Because, uh, you know, you're right. Come to think of it. I do remember there was definitely one album that just sort of appeared and it was just like, Hey, guess what? Radiohead's got another album. We're like, didn't they just have it? It makes sense that it would be this one. I know. I think, I think King of Limbs was a King of Limbs was a surprise ish. Hail to the thief. I got like four months before because it, it was bootlegged on some like right. site and I just listened to it nonstop. And, and then, and then I remember a moon shaped pool, whatever the last one was. Uh, yeah. That one was supposed to come out like a week later than it came out. And then they just dropped it on a Friday and we're like, here it is. Have at it. Oh, um, but, but I don't remember this. All I remember is the radio, uh, the radio station, the DC rock station, I think DC 101 played this record all the way through. And I taped it on a cassette. I think I oh. missed the opening chunk of the first song, but I got what was like, I think the, the quote unquote single from this record, which would have been, well, Knives Out was the one that I know was played on the radio, but- And Pyramid Song, right? Pyramid Songs was yeah. the one that had a music video. Yes. And and I mean, if- <laughs> A very cool music video. Very cool. It was, yeah. you know what it reminded me of? Like Dire Straits, like you got the money. How's that song go? Money for nothing. <laughs> you got money the code the scoodle doodle. <laughs> yeah. It's got a very like like Minecraft thing. They predicted Minecraft. Dude, they're the yeah, Simpsons clearly. of bands. 
Um, <laughs> I think, I think, but this, this comes out and I tried to rock this in the same way I would rock kid a okay computer. And I remember didn't playing work. it. I remember playing. I'm still living in my, I think I was living at my parents' house. I was, cause I didn't go away to college until right before nine 11. And, and I remember my dad walking in while I was listening to pyramid songs and be like, what is this death March? <laughs> like, this is yeah. great. This is a great yeah. song. But if, uh, that, if that's the song that is in a sense, the bigger, cause look, I'm not saying that pyramid songs is the best song on the record, but I, but I will say out of all of them, I think it's probably one of the more iconic songs from Radiohead off this record. It's, 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 it's different than like, it's, they always have that slow track in the first four. That's yeah. pretty heavy, whether it's yes. how to disappear completely exit music, yes. uh, nude, um, and then and now you have you have pyramid song right which yeah and according to this it was the first of two it was the first of two singles released it, you know what's crazy to think of is like i mean obviously they I, I think they noted the producer and like uh it was some whatever i i can't it remember nigel, I read some, it's nigel nigel yeah. godrich has been their producer since the bends right so imagine submitting this to someone who had to decide what the singles were, like somebody at the label. You know, if you get this album, I mean, Radiohead's great, but you're really going to pick Pyramid Song? Like, what do we want those DJs spinning at drive time? It's... All right, it's between Pyramid Song, Pyramid Song, or their their New Orleans Jazz Death March, oh, God, Life in a Glass House, Yes, which, you know, we'll get to. We will hundred yeah. percent get to. So why? Right, so Maybe. do this. We'll eighty percent get to that. So why don't? Why don't? I, just so we can figure out. Because I'll tell you right now. I'm I'm in junior college. I'm living with my parents. I'm getting ready to sounds pretty to sweet go so to Towson far. University. I'm twenty one nice. when this sweet. came out. I'm DJing weddings for ultrasound DJs, which I'm still on their website. Oh my god! Fifteen really? years later, I'm still. If you look it up, hey, go to ultrasoundentertain.com. Adam, and, and when you get to it, see if I'm up there and then see if the whole piece is there, dude. Because there, there should that. be a blurb. There should be a blurb. And you should see the picture. If he pulls this shit up. So, so the website is so old because Adobe Flash Player is no longer supported. That is just plastered all over the page. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but this album, like I said, I got it on, I got it on cassette. And, and I listened to it. And, and I never once... I just think it's because when you're 20 years old, you don't think about anxiety and depression and trauma and all the shit that, that this record was bringing up. Yeah. So I treated it like another Radiohead record. What about you? You, where are you, what's going on in your life okay, and, how yes. old and everything. All right. So we're in different spaces. So I'm now, uh, three years into a job writing for, uh, late night with craig kilborn nice at this point and uh i'm you know living that hollywood life yeah and I'm, I'm 28 <laughs> and i'm i'm rocking my uh, banana republic tan suit around town just letting them know and uh driving my uh chrysler 3000 <laughs> remember those things oh yeah dude it's a great car it's oh, oh, a solid car i was i was eating up highway in that in that thing <laughs> um but so i'm i'm kind of like loving it and i'm still listening to okay computer a lot and then i'm you know i i 
Kid A was great. And I remember listening to that at a friend's house who had amazing sound and we, yeah. our minds were blown. And then when Amnesia came out by uh, surprise, um, I started listening to it and it was like, almost like I wasn't ready for it. Like I didn't, it did not jive with what I, where I was at either. Like it just was, it, it, it felt tough. I will say, uh, I definitely, I used to smoke a lot of pot. Now I'm down to about four or five times a day. <laughs> nice. I used to smoke a lot of pot. And uh, <laughs> so morning bell and getting stoned in the morning was a great few months. I remember doing that. It's a good song. It's yeah. a goodie. That's, that's, a, that's one of the easier fucking songs. Easy on this listening. Yeah. yeah. Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week, I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course, provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. All right, so looking at, let's look at the the, the background on this just so we have an idea. So does everybody knows, if you don't know radio, I, I, I hate you if you don't know them. Uh, you should know that this is their fifth studio record and it's released like we said in may 2001 uh it follows uh kid a and okay computer and it, and it proceeds hail to the thief uh yeah. all four of them uh top the you top the charts in the uk and was as part of a six album run of top three albums in the united states uh amnesiac only peaked at number two it sold over one million copies in the united states it's platinum certified in the u.s uk canada and gold certified in japan now here's here's what i wanted to get to adam thank you for those facts but this is what i wanted um we talked about order buddy we talked about order yeah <laughs> alec oh, alec gets oh. it Oh, oh, you're talking to Adam about it. I'm talking to Adam. I'm talking to Adam. I'm looking at one of my screens. You know know what I'm looking at. Order within the chaos. Order within the chaos. The album is recorded in 1999 and 2000 in Paris, Copenhagen, and Radio's uh, Head's home studio during the same sessions as Kid A. Okay, this is what I wanted. And they split it into two albums because they felt it was too dense for a one-release double album. Yes. Uh, Phil Selway said the sessions had two frames of mind. And he, this is, wow. I'm glad you opened up with your statement because judging by what he's about to say, I think it just is going to link up perfectly. A tension between our old approach of all being in a room playing together and the other extreme of manufacturing music in the studio. I think Amnesiac comes out stronger in the band arrangement way. That's true. I, it does sound like this record, they're all in the same room playing it and jamming stuff out. 
Yeah. Whereas Kid A seems like somebody brought something in. He's doodling with the the yeah. the, the, vo- the voice repeating and everything in its right place. I mean, and then right. Like, right. All right. Well, now let's let's do this, and they're working on it like at a computer. Uh, Tom York said radio had split it into two albums because they cancel each other out as overall finished things. They come from two different places. I think in some weird way, I think amnesiac gives another take on kid a, a form of explanation. Oh, wow. I, I, I can see that maybe a different way. And I, I, of course, when it's suspicious, when, when an album comes out that quickly and then you can't help, but think, well, these are all tracks they didn't want to put on their first album. You know, it's like there was a kid a was right before this. So they could have put any of these tracks on kid a, and maybe I think a couple of them actually would have worked really well, but for the most part, you have to feel like it's, these are not the rejects. Cause even Radiohead rejects are great. Like we hear right. Beatles songs that, you know, George Harrison's All Things Must Pass. Like the Beatles wouldn't let him record any of those songs. And they're fucking amazing. Amazing. So, so yeah. it's like it's like that with Radiohead. We're lucky to get any content hashtag content from them, <laughs> and uh, but but you you did have a or at least I had sort of an inner feeling of like well they could have put these on the album that everyone was dying to see, three you know five months ago as opposed to this album they're sneaking out with the uh, the milk train in the middle of the night you know. What do you think if this is a this is a double record? These are both together, kind of like the way they smushed them together in that re-release that just came yeah. out. Amnesia, yeah. Kid A, Amnesia, Kid A, Amnesia, whatever it is. Yeah. It's hard to say. It's hard to say, but kid, we all kid get to this. Kid A, Amnesia. Kim, so kid, so if we, I'm not going to try. If we smush them together and this yeah. came out in, let's cut, let's split the difference. If it, one came out in October of 2000, this came out in May of 2001. It came out right in February. So in February... 2001 this these two albums come out are we talking about this record as being this great thing with all of this yes totally Uh, absolutely and and much in the way that we talk about the white album you know the 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 white album in some ways is kind of like a sprawling overstuffed mess but then the fact that it is like tent-poled by like six of the greatest songs of all time, like everything that kind of hangs around it, you, you accept much more. Yeah. And I think that would have happened with these two albums together because you take the great sort of, uh, you know, iconic four or five songs from kid a, and you take the three best songs from this and suddenly you're in business. You know, I don't know if, if they smush these two together, I think it, I think if they do, it's definitely on two different discs. It's not yeah. like you put it on one and and it's like a speaker box love below. You know, I think, outcast yeah, right. I think you could, I think that you could mix and match these songs uh, from these two albums in an interesting way that it wouldn't feel like you were being jerked too much in different directions where it would be an undulation more like riding the waves. <laughs> By the way, has anyone ever called you Wolfman Josh? You kind of sound like Wolfman Jack, so I want to start know, calling you Wolf, Wolfman no, Josh. But, but, uh, but Burr, uh, when he was writing uh, F is for Family, yeah. was like, was like you're, you're the radio DJ that's coming up next season. And then it was, it was basically just do, uh, my character's name was Howlin' Hank, so it was just like, oh, <laughs> 
Oh, this yeah, old wolf man. You, you are the wolf man. You know I'm what wolf, I'm talking about. Wolf man, Jack, we're counting down the 500 greatest radio head Brit pop songs <laughs> of all time. Coming in at number 499 <laughs> is everything in its right place. Oh, baby. that would that would be much higher. <laughs> everything in its right place. Oh, you meant the, no, in the no, ranking. On the list. I thought on you meant list. like in the way no. I say it. <laughs> no, that was like an old style comedy routine. A little, a little higher. <laughs> everything yeah. in its right place. <laughs> it's very good. The, the, my, my, my voice is my bread and butter. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll tell you my favorite story about my voice. Uh, I don't know if I told her on this podcast before, but I was just at the comedy store's 50th birthday and you running yeah. into everybody that you haven't seen in forever. And one of mm-hmm. them was the old GM there, this guy, Dean. And I'd probably done two open mics. And on the second open mic, I get off stage after having a whatever set and Dean pulls me aside and he goes, hey, man, I really like your voice. And I go, oh, man, thank you. You know, I'm just speaking from the heart. And, and this is just my perspective and the way I see things. And he goes, no, 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 no. The sound of your voice. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Not so much the words. Not so much the words coming out. I was like, thank you, baby. I, I, you know, I dig you too. Okay. God, that's great. What an instrument. Speaking of speaking of voices, what what do you think about Tom's voice on on this record? What do you think of what Tom's doing? Amazing. You know, Amazing. what parts stick out for you uh, in this album of of like the certain characters? Because I think there's like you have to look at the the two main people, and, and not to take anything away from Colin or from the the lurch looking bass player right. or or Ed the gorgeous one. But you're talking about Johnny. I always feel like Johnny and Tom yeah. are the two are the two characters in these movies that are the record that that have the that are nominated. Sure. They're always the ones that we're talking about. They're the Nicole Kidmans. Um, I don't yep. know why I chose her. Yeah, that was but, a good choice, though. I get it. Yeah. So so <laughs> what what so what parts stick out? You know, like what are, what are the things that that really like? Well, you know, move you. Tom, Tom's voice can do no wrong. Like if I don't respond as much to a, uh, you know, to a Radiohead album, it has nothing to do with Tom's voice, which I find is just absolutely superb in every variant. Like there's no, when Tom goes low, I don't, you know, it's, it's great when he goes into his falsetto, it's beyond beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then when he's in his angsty middle, it's all great. Like I don't, he can go all over the ice for me, but I think, um, you know, the the honestly the the haunting uh, sort of uh, nursery rhyme element of pyramid song mm-hmm. is yeah. is fantastic. I love you and whose army just because of its message, and also I I read uh, that they put like egg crates around the the microphone to to get i'm getting a thumbs up from adam thank you nice um but uh <laughs> I, I guess yeah to to make his voice sound really kind of like soft and which i thought was cool knives out is a great song morning bell his voice in morning bell is just it's so vintage tom because it's like he's a it's like he's a child crying um i i, I just those are the things that kind of stand out to me from the album those those few tracks really I, with I, tom. I, I, with, yeah so yeah. to go off of what you're saying with tom i i don't really you know 
saying what you enjoyed about Tom's voice is just like you, we enjoy all of it. We enjoy the passion and we enjoy the, the lyrics that he's written that are like, he's telling a story and he's also being very like, you know, using metaphors and it's just, he's, he's so talented in what he does. And I feel by this record, they're really on a roll. Now it's like, they can do no wrong. They know what their sound is. They know, <laughs> we have a guest. <laughs> do we have oh a guest? no, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Sorry, like, one, like, of, one, one of our dogs gets walked and the dog goes hyper. So, oh, where's like That's not my, that's mine, dude. You guys see her? Let's see. Just, just high on oh, fentanyl. See? Just that's high the on wish. fentanyl. Yeah, <laughs> that's dude. awesome. She's, she's I been hear doing it's a wonder- I, oh, nice. It's, I hear it's a wonderful high. It's, it's um, great, man. It's a great way. Great. Like, speaking of high, what, what's the high we, we need for this record? Oh, what, boy, what are you doing? A- pot or can you do mushrooms oh. with this or psychedelics? Pot is just a given. That's going to be your baseline. That's going to be your base of operations. So you go forth from there. I honestly think this to me strikes me as a little pot, uh, two bourbon drinks, two, Mm. you know, two, maybe a a, a rot, two rise with a big rock in them. Like sitting there, I can see this as being a very sort of like leather armchair nice library with a crackling fire kind of yes. thing the yes. couple of couple of drinks and a little stone buzz underneath because you don't need mushrooms around this album i don't you'll freak think. out you'll freak yeah, out it, right because to me mushrooms i think we talked about this last time coin flip coin flip coin flippiest of of any drug it's going to be anton Chigurh flipping the coin <laughs> in no country for old men and you're either going to have a great night and live yeah. or you're just going to die so <laughs> There's no middle ground with mushrooms. And I think if you mixed amnesiac with the bad side of that, that yeah. you're in for a terrible night. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, it's funny though. I did take, I, every month I go to see Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden and I take mushrooms. Uh, right. I go, well, that's I go, fun though. That's fun. Very fun. But, but yeah. exactly what you said happened the last time I went. I just took a little too much in yeah. roundabout, uh, roundabout, you know, it's the big thing in the world of the angry young man. <laughs> and I just started getting like, I was like videotaping content, like this is great and I'll cut it together. And then I'm like, I need to put my phone away. I need to be present. <laughs> so enjoy God. Billy and fucking breathe. Well, see, you, you've got more practice at it, clearly. And by the way, I believe last time we were on here, you had a fantastic story about listening to some Radiohead song as the sun came up when you were with some chick in a car. Like, I thought about that. And it's, what was the song? It, oh, I know it what was, it is. It don't, was, don't, 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 don't tell me. It's uh, Let Down. Yeah. That's right. There's, there's moments in your life where... Mm-hmm. Man, if I just, it, it's like, who knows? We had such a beautiful moment. And then she came back and stayed at my, my, my parents' basement mm-hmm. where we were which was like my sex layer and we I'm just stayed there to see the problem poking weed for like on <laughs> it was like her birthday and she wanted to go out to party and i just was such a dip and then that was it we we she was like you know what i'm just gonna go back to waldorf i was like oh okay and then that was it I never i've had that exact that. experience before really but that's so that's so funny i i met with a girl that i had been seeing occasionally who i liked and she lived in seattle and I was living in Los Angeles. And so we met in Las Vegas. But the problem was she had to travel by land because she had two Dobermans that like she never left, you know, like she yeah. just had to take them. So we had to find this shitty hotel that would take dogs. Uh, and she came, they came. 
And she exactly like you're describing, wanted to go out, wanted to do this, go to that club. And I was like, just getting stoned in the room and like watching, you know, uh, yeah. like A and E or something. <laughs> yeah. And the hoarders is on. I know. So I woke up, I woke up the next morning and she had gone. Oh, yeah. You chunked it. We chunked it. We, yeah, we collective we. we. Adam, yeah. have you chunked it before with a girl? You, oh, you, for sure. I'm just trying to think of a specific time, but I don't have anything to... But absolutely. I, there were definitely times in college where it's like, I look back, I'm like, man, she wanted to fuck me. And I had no clue. Uh, I, just, I, looked, I just was not in that frame of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. This is this is not a record to put on when you're getting busy. This is not no. a the whole time you're the whole time you're like, uh, were they influenced by Charles Mingus? Like what is what is going on? It's like I, I can't can't I can't grope your boob to this. This is I know. And the girl would think you were influenced by Charles Manson if you put this on <laughs> on a date. It's so funny though because this is sort of the equivalent. I have a friend um, who dates a lot of very attractive women, and then he will get them back to his place. Clearly, you know you're rounding third at that point, yeah. and heading for home, and he'll get them there. And the way he'll describe it the next day, I'll be like, and then we started talking and it turns out she had never seen time bandits. <laughs> and then it's like, and then it's like, Baba so I, oh, it was yeah, like, yeah. It, Baba, my nice. favorite George, George, Harrison, George Harrison song. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting so, something frozen. Lungsies, it's goodly doodly do. It's weird that he's a producer of that movie, but yeah. So then he'll have this hot date there. He'll turn on Time Bandits and they fall asleep half an hour in. And he's like, and the night ended with nothing because she fell asleep. It's like, well, I think I know why. <laughs> like, you put on Time Bandits, dude. Uh, I know. That's you your, gotta put on something that's not good, like Holy Man by Eddie Murphy. No, you gotta put on a junk movie that you can hook up to. You don't put on the Pelican Brief when you're trying to fuck. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, dude, exactly. You don't. You don't don't put on Malice. Do you remember Malice with Alan Baldwin? Yes, Baldwin. You cannot. That is that is Aaron Sorkin at his best, and that is not a hookup movie. You put on something terrible. If you're out there and you're listening and you got a girl that you like and you want to Netflix and chill, don't put on an interesting documentary. Put on a throwaway movie. And then you'll be fucking in no time. That's great advice. I'd never thought of that. I would always like lean towards watching something great. So that's, that's to all the listeners, just to know that you've been listening to this episode, hashtag holy man. That's Eddie Murphy's worst movie. Let's get that trending. Let's get that trending. I want <laughs> let's bring that shit back. Everybody shits on Norbit. Let's shit on holy man. Holy right. man. Here, I'm going to pull up. So we got a bunch of Patreon questions and I feel like they're all apps. So let's um, let's dive into one of them right now. Um, sure. And this was we, we, we were talking about the lyrics. We still got to go back and talk about what we dug Johnny for. So this is from TJ Gillespie. He's uh, he's he's always on the boards. I love this dude. Do you consider Radiohead a political band? And there's no. more to this. You do not. No. No. That, that, and that's my that, that's my concise answer to that. No. No, I don't. I don't. I just consider them fucking talented artists who pour shit out that they think sounds cool and maybe means something to them. But I don't think I don't I would never accuse them of being political, which is not a bad thing. I mean, you, too, was great at it. Like, it's not like it's not like you can't be. Um, But I just don't I don't think they are. And maybe they're saying stuff about society, but I don't think they're. 
like I don't see them leading, you know, sit-ins and all that shit. Like okay. I just yeah. If, here, I, I just go on what you're saying. If if what what did Radiohead study in college then? I uh, I would like, say like not political science then. So no. what, what 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 are they what are they what are they learning at the university? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe like poetry or something poetry? like that. I don't know. Don't you think? I, I would say I would say they're they're very. Uh, you know, he wrote it philosophy for sure. Cause there's a lot of like the Nietzsche, like none of this matters. It's all, you know, have you seen, right. and I can't recommend this movie enough. It's one of the best movies I've seen in the last 10 years, especially one of the best movies I've seen in the movie theater. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, the, that's that new movie with uh, Michelle Leal Le or whatever. Yeah. Dude, if you don't, I, I cried throughout the whole movie. It, it's really? and I'm laughing, and it's so good. It's it was a life changing movie in the sense where I'm I walked out so grateful for what I'm doing, and just like just like who gives a shit? Just fucking do the art that you want to do and have fun, and because right. none of this really matters. And you're right. like, it's it's that good. This and is it's, the but, same. This is the same guy who said he was going to quit when we first got on. Right? I, yeah, yeah, and I, dude, I, there's there's like. <laughs> There are moments of doubt. <laughs> Bro, this is, can I be honest? And I, you You're get right. it because you've worked on so many yes. projects. It's mm -hmm. like, you, you ever worked on a show and you've just been like, I just, I think my time is done. I, I've done it. I've written sure. it. I can't write it anymore. I can't Absolutely. talk about a band. I do not, I'm sorry, guys. I do not give a fuck about Lucinda Williams. I don't want to listen to a record. <laughs> is that next? No, it's coming up <laughs> and they wanted me, to, they wanted me to do it. So uh, Lucinda Williams is ahead of In Rainbows. Okay, yes, check. dude, Got it. dude. The number you have reached is one hundred point seven WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station; it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like the wrath of the buzzard. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time. A secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. This list is bunk, bro. This list is garbage. <laughs> I hate this list. If this list was, was like, if cool people would have sat down to do this, it would be hit after hit after hit after hit. Because, dude, here's what's great, Alec. This, this episode, we're going to get great numbers because it's Radiohead. It's you. I have a following. You have a following. We're talking about our two favorite bands. This is a band of the 20, 21st century that people yes. know. 
Yep. We, we and then we'll have another one like Beck Odelai book Beck Odelai, a great record love and, it and it'll get great numbers and we'll we'll be like oh shit our numbers are going up and then <laughs> they'll drop fucking yes because no, like, nobody can well have you ever <laughs> thought about just doing the ones that you think are awesome have you thought then, about like ch- changing it up a little bit or, or do you do you worry about offending certain people who are like how dare you skip Lucinda whatever both uh, both. It's, it's two things. One, honor the list. I remember when I used to go to open mics in Hollywood and we would sign up and then there'd be people trying to jump the line. You'd be like, honor the list. Yeah. Honor that list. That list was written, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, but it's, if I'm four, I'm four. If he's five, he's five. He waited. He I, signed up. Good. Can I extend that phrase? Good. Honor the listeners. Clearly they want to hear the ones that are yeah. albums you know are great. Yeah. And then instead of albums that nobody knows or nobody cares about. Yeah, right. But so it's the- like when you get to sort of Shania Twain feels like a woman at 112 <laughs> and you're like, oh no, <laughs> really? Dude, that, that's got some bangers on it, dude. Uh-huh. Scoodly doodly 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 scoodly boodly doodly doodly. I used to work at a Hollywood video in, uh, in Germantown, Maryland, and one Jesus. of the managers was this like country western dude. He kind of looked like he was on the TV show Falcon Crest to give oh, you yeah. an idea. And and when we'd always be able to put stuff on, and every other manager would let me put on like Back to the Future or Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure, like movies that I loved, Young Frankenstein. Sure. And but he only watched uh, Shania Twain live in concert. So for the oh full eight-hour shift, it was man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> it was. She rules, dude. <laughs> she was. She was a pretty strong. She was beautiful. Uh, you know nice songs nice but alec think about this and this is this is the thing dude is the guy that produced and wrote those records for mutt lang wrote back in black by acdc he produced that he did he did uh def leopard hysteria which is basically the, the, the heavy metal michael jackson's thriller i agree yeah, so, so you know, I and and I hear this all the time. One of my favorite things to do is, as I'm sure you guys probably have Sirius XM, which I have and I love. And I'm sorry if I'm like shouldn't be talking about them on here. I never know. But Talk. I listen to they do. Um, oh, nice, Adam, former employee. <laughs> we won't we won't get into uh, what HR found out about you. <laughs> so I, it's like the you know. You, I listened to the top 40 countdowns. They have like 80s on a top 40 from this week in, and this week it's 1986. So I listened yeah. to it all and they give little tidbits about the songs in between. And you always hear of these producers like Mutt Lang or, you know, whoever it is. And they work with the weirdest people. There's always such a mix and match thing in the music business that the producer of, uh, you know, one of the producers on Abbey Road will years later be like, putting it out, out an album for InSync or something. It's just, it's nothing is, you know, everything gets cross-contaminated in that way. So that doesn't surprise me. He he married Shania Twain, I'm pretty sure. So it was kind of like it, the, the marriage would have fallen apart if he didn't oh. produce for. <laughs> but isn't, isn't Shania Twain married now to some other? Uh... Check this math, Adam. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I might be talking out of my ass. Who's, I mean, who's, t- who's so Tim McGraw? They, so Mutt Lang, they divorced in uh, 2010, and now she's oh. with some guy, Frederick Thibault. 
since 2011. No. I don't know. Tim Tebow. She's Tim Tebow. He got down on one <laughs> knee again. <laughs> um, you know, but who? No, Tim McGraw is married to another female country singer, and they're like a hot couple. Faith Hill. Faith there Hill. you go. Yeah, 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 dude. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know about the the country western relationships. I'm on. I'm on CMT's CTMZ country <laughs> television music zebras zone. Um, Following this question, though, because, and Adam, you did the research, so I want you to answer this. Is this a political record? In a very wide definition of it, sure. I mean, it's not, you know, the next album coming up, The Wailers, you know, uh, Burning, that is way more political. You know, there are Pearl Jam songs, way more political. So if you, in a wide definition of it, sure, but I wouldn't categorize it that way. By the way, uh, Alec, my my next guest uh, for Burden is my favorite porn star, this chick, Indica Flower. <laughs> really? And I'm a huge fan of this girl and her work, and we follow each other, and she's a big, like, she's a white chick with dreadlocks, and she seems really cool and, like, earthy, and I asked her if she liked the record, because I got I to gotta record all these before I go tape yeah. my Netflix thing. I'm going to, I'll be in, I'll be, dude, check this shit out, bro. And this is, I wish people would come to this. Uh, I am doing a goddamn comedy jam, the music comedy show that I do on Monday with Kid Rock. Amazing. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> opening the show. I swear to God, I'm opening uh, the show by you going. Better have the, you better have the chicken wire in front of you, like the blues. <laughs> no, brothers. dude, no, no. I'm going to go tonight and tonight only. I am Republican. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, awesome. And then I'm going That's... into America by Neil Diamond. <laughs> Oh, that is great. Oh, if you don't get, you're going to get carried off the stage like Rudy. That's amazing. <laughs> and if, and I'm not, listen, I'm not going to start it, but I'll, if, if somebody starts a build the wall chant, I'm joining in. That's kind oh, of fun. You gotta, yeah. You got to play, play to your audience. You know, I went to see um, Chris Rock in Boston right after the slap. I almost uh, went. I almost yeah. went, but the tickets were too expensive. Yeah. I almost drove up. Tell me about yeah. it. So, it, you know, listen, Chris Rock is, top five all-time stand-up i in my opinion um and so his stand-up was great it was disappointing that he didn't talk about the slap other than to say i'll talk about it at some point not yeah. now which was i'm sure everyone and and it was interesting because then instantly in the boston crowd there was lawlessness like once he said <laughs> he wasn't going to talk about the slap you could hear several loud <laughs> conversations breaking out like people oh, were fuck this shit, yeah. i know i know it was totally typical boston but the funny thing that reminded me of it you talked about opening for kid rock chris rock uh had an opening act too and i can't remember his name and rick i'm sorry ingram. rick ingram. oh you know him i know okay. rick he's a comedy store it, dude so he was funny like i'll say he was definitely funny but within and maybe he does this with chris rock maybe a lot of opening acts do this just went instantly into crowd work didn't do material like is that a thing that's for, rick, for like that's a rick's thing. crowd okay that's rick's thing and and rick is so good at crowd work and he's like he's just that's his wheelhouse um, right I, I don't, you know, I maybe, I just think, I think the main reason he brings Rick because at the comedy store, Rick annihilates. It's hard to follow. It's hard to follow yeah. any comic that's doing present in the moment material. Yes, um, totally true. But, but I think it's because I saw Chris, Chris, uh, right before the slap that Monday before it, uh, I did my comedy store main room show and Chris Rock dropped in and did an hour. He did his set and it's Amazing. brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. So we heard and the same stuff. 
Yes. And it yeah. was, I mean, I do, it's, it's some of, some of the best shit. It's way better than the shit he was doing off a of tambourine. But that being said, I think you bring a comic that's that good because you know that they're going to kill so hard that he has to step it up one level above that and bring it even more. Cause he's on a level that if he doesn't annihilate, you know, you're like, Oh, he's losing his mustard. Right. Right. You know? <laughs> but it was interesting. I'd love to hear your take. Cause you're, you know, on the front lines of this war. Yeah. I, for me, and I did stand up much, you know, briefly compared to you guys. I was, I did it for like three to five years. Okay. Um, and, uh, but I thought as a comic and as a top five all time comic and somebody who's clearly devoted to the art of, co- of stand up comedy. Yeah. I felt he owed it to that art to come out jokes blazing sure. about this will smith thing and i could only suspect that it was like a cynical reason that he didn't like he was going to fully prep something because he knew he could maximize you know if he makes a netflix special about this everybody's going to go to netflix like i'm sure somebody will pay a shit ton of money to get him to do the one hour special where he talks about this for the first time but i felt as a simply like a guy on the on just the gut comedy level he owed it to the audience to come out with half a dozen great jokes about it, which you yeah. know he had. Yeah. You know, I he, mean, he had it in the moment when she, remember, he goes, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. And then he goes, he goes, oh, oh, he's like, okay. And then he takes a second and he goes, oh, I could just, and then he stops himself and then he goes back into the awards. He probably in that moment had right. the perfect joke for it, but being that he was still engraved as being, one of the hosts of the Oscars and potentially we'll do it again. I yeah. think he didn't say anything just to not upset the situation and keep somewhat the status quo or at least yeah. fabrics of it. Him. Cause I almost went to that show and I'm glad I didn't because the tickets were like 800 bucks. And I was like, yep. I was like, yeah, it's just, you know, I'll, I'll see it on, I'll see it on world star. Somebody will record yeah. it. And, and yeah, to have him not say anything, at least just, not, I mean, he addressed it, but it, but at least just have a little perspective on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's look, it's, I've never been slapped. Also, I've Neither never been slapped I. in front of a hundred million people. No, God, um, no. The, the Oscars have to ask him to host next year. Don't you think? Oh God, that would rule. That, but I they're mean, so the, lame. No, but they, you'd think, I mean, I, I would imagine that somebody's already asked him and like, he's, you know, it's up to him to say yes or no. But like, uh, I think you'd be insane not to ask him to host. Like, at least people would tune in for the monologue to hear what he has to say. I got jumped at an Outback Steakhouse once when I was but, working. Um, but not slapped? It was more like jumped. I say they just intimidated me and punched me in the stomach. It's a long, long story. But all it was like, it, like all the employees from Outback came out, side to protect me. And because they saw it in the cameras because I was doing to-go's. And, and then eventually it broke up. And I mean, going back to work that next day, man, that was like one of Jesus. the most embarrassing days of, <sighs> of my, my Outback career. And I was employee <laughs> of the month of July, 1995 as a busboy. I mean, that's. I'm, it must've been confusing to get in a fight there. Like, Hey guys, take it out back. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Should we just fight here? Or? They're fighting out back, out back. They showed up in an outback. It's just, it just keeps going. It's so yeah. meta. It just keeps going. Look, Chris is a genius. I know he's going to say something important when it's time to do it. 
um, that situation is still to the weirdest thing I've ever seen on live television in my whole life. Um, yeah, yeah. and I, I just, I can't, that's, that's, this, that, that slap is the amnesiac of, of moments, yes. uh, the anxiety, the, yeah. the scream, hearing him scream is like the horns from, from fucking the last track, glass, life in a glass, glass house. house. It's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's falling in on you. It's yes. crumbling, deterioration, oh, society. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad I've pulled you over to the dark side on this oh. album. I mean, it's you, great, it's great, but it's just tough. It's a, it's, it's a tough listen, but it's not yeah. a bad listen. It's not a no. bad listen, it's an interesting one. So Adam, did we find out, is it political? Because he's got a good follow-up question that I want to ask. No, I say no. <laughs> I, I thought you did the research. I thought it said uh, there was. You, Josh, you're gunning for Adam today, and I'm, I'm not going to stand for it. He's just he knows. Here's the thing: is that I keep acting like the stuff he puts in front of me, I wrote, and Adam writes it. So from here on out, Adam, I'm just going to ask you the questions. So research it, make this job easier for me, and and then I'll I'll finish this. I, if you keep doing that, if you're ready to go with facts, I will 100% finish this for another six years. I'm not going to testify at this trial, by the way. I'm not going to testify or refuse. I can, don't make me choose a parent. You have to, dude. Uh, dude, I'm your in, bro. I'm That's, your in. I guess you're right. I'm your in. If you don't, you don't roll with me, dude. Come on, man. Our, our colors don't bleed. A, I think we might have had a similar discussion last uh, about what? when we were talking in rainbows. I feel like we, we had a similar spat. Mommy and daddy were fighting moment. Over Adam? Yeah, with That's you guys. Not right? We probably have one every other podcast. So and there you go. He's well, the only I'm reason like, I'm still doing it. Yeah, I'm way to go. And Emily. Oh, Emily. that's sweet. He is. It's dude, it's there's there's I like seeing him once a week. There's listen, if I stop this, it's not because I didn't uh, the I don't enjoy doing it. Like I enjoy the records. I enjoy being able to dig back into this record because it's not one of the yes. radiohead records I put on. Nope. Um you know, it's here. I got a good idea. This is a good one. This is another Patreon question. All right. Uh, this is from Kristen Zerbus. I hope I said Ooh, that right. Thank you Where, for your Zerbus. <laughs> thank you for your Zerbus. <laughs> also, I'm going to get this thing you do to a kid. Like you give him a Zerbus. <laughs> the right. There you go. <laughs> Where does this fall on your ranking of favorite Radiohead records? And then also, how many times do you think you've listened to this album in particular? That's a good question, Kristen Zerbert. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I to me, it, this is lower, you know, it's lower. I think we've been through this a couple times. We have a little difference at the top. I put OK Computer there. I, I, I put OK Computer in Rainbows, uh, The Benz, um, Kid A, uh, then uh, this one, Amnesiac, I think. Okay. What am I forgetting? Uh, like a moon. Forgetting. A moon. No, I put a moon down around this. King of the limbs down around this. I, you know, once it once it gets down to my bottom of it, they're all kind of in the same area. Like they're all, I, they're all incredibly listenable. And I think Dex Dark off a of Moonshaped Pool is one of actually their greatest songs. Maybe I, I think one that, of their. Yeah. One, yeah. So there are great things within all these these albums that I'm now like seemingly disparaging, but I'm not doing that at all. It's like choosing your favorite Beatles albums. You know, the ones at the bottom, if I have Magical Mystery Tour down towards the bottom, it doesn't mean it doesn't have I Am The Walrus. You know, it's mm -hmm. like there are great things on there. So yes. same for Radiohead, but definitely down towards the bottom. I think, I think my least favorite is King of Limbs just because, and, the, and when you, you said it perfectly, dude, King of Limbs is, is a hard listen, but 
and and I mean, I'll say this: it's much harder listen than this record. This one still feels like it's in the realm of Radiohead, whereas King yeah. of Limbs is just like freestyle jazz. Like there's yes. just moments of like, oh, it comes together, but it's still like it's sloppy. And then you get to Lotus Flower, and you're like, oh, this is a perfect record. Yes, you know, because totally. of that one moment. Yep, I, I agree. And it's funny, King of, King of the Limbs uh, came out, and I was listening to it at a time when we were back in Boston making Ted. And so I was walking around Boston listening to that and feeling like king of the city. You know, it was yeah. like a great, I, cause I'm from there ish from the suburbs, but like to come home, to be working on this thing with Mark Wahlberg and Seth and then to have it turn out so great. I always have a good association with king of the limbs. Whereas amnesiac is, you know, it's a little different, different way different ever wonder what a punch from elton john feels like or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in nirvana or what signal keith richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room fans of too much effing perspective don't have to wonder because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast i'm alex hoffman former tour manager for radiohead and i'm musician and comedy writer alan keller on the tmep show we get guests like nancy wilson from heart Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. I mean, yeah. going on, what's going on in my, what was I really like doing in my life? I'm, I'm DJing, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 21. No, I'm not 21. Wait, is this 2000? No, I, I turned, I turned, yeah, I had just turned 21. Um, man, it was like, I don't remember. Like, I, I think I, had, I was in a quasi hippie phase. Like I was wearing one of those like hemp necklaces with like a, with like a bead, maybe oh. a crystal in the center. God, and saying right-o all the time. This is all falling apart here. Yeah, <laughs> I went to, I went to no, did I go to Israel yet? I, I did go to Israel, so oh, my hair is gotta long. Oh, you got to go. Got to go to Israel. I, I just... I just remember I was so excited yet. It just didn't, it, it's, this is a record that has really grown on me over the last few years because it's more than just pyramid song and knives out, which it was yeah. for, and, and it might be wrong. Those were all, you know, staples that I listened to. I do think there are some songs on this record that could be cut off. I, you know, Polk. Yeah, uh, get it out. It get doesn't it out. need to be on there. Um, I'm trying to look. You and Whose Army I like. Uh, Knives Out, of course. Like Splinting, Spinning Plates is yeah. creates a fucking mood. Totally. Sounds like, sounds like, oh, like a weird the, craft work. You can get rid of the one that he sings backwards. Which one is that? There's one where it's like, it's clearly like the Twin Peaks kind of like backwards recording for at least some of it. Um, I feel like it's on the second that's side like of the That's like oh. Splitting Pates. That's the one that's like, ah, Oh, really? Because uh, Dollars okay. and Cents is, is so great. And it just, it's... You know those those like the drums in it, the the bass, the his his moans. This is a big. Yeah. This is a big Tom York moan record. Like oh. it's a lot of like to the moan. 
that's he's doing that in pyramid song he's doing that in it might you know, be you, just, you just you just sounded like that song she's so high <laughs> right above me she's so lovely she's what? so high who is, who is that oh it's not delamitri i know that because <laughs> it seems like it should be from oh it's uh sean Sean Colvin. No. You know what song? You know what song is like? It, it, they always play it in every, <laughs> in every like movie trailer. It's like the one that's like, it's like Frank is having a bad day. Look inside your yeah, heart, yeah. Baby, baby. Is it anything you thought it would be? We, we got that. Yeah, that's. It's funny. We did a Family Guy joke about that about that song. With, uh, with the movie was called Ants at a Picnic. And like it was playing that song while they were like trying to, you know, get rid of the ants. Tall Bachman, for real? Oh wait, did you find, did you find my DJ photo? Oh, because the website is so old, it doesn't, so there is a, there, you're not on there anymore. The, that page didn't work. Oh, you've been erased. You're not on there. Are you serious? Oh, oh we're going to have to cut all this, aren't we? Are you serious, dude? <laughs> I'll show I you. Love I'll you were, la you were laughing the again. Ultrasound entertain. Hold on, man. Josh is like, I Googled myself last week and I was there. <laughs> he checks every <laughs> that, That's how I sound to you. Hey, listen, guys. I Googled I myself. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Like hey. splitting plates is a perfect song. Wait, can you say uh, as part of your radio DJ, uh, hey, you're here with Josh Adam Myers, the jam. Can you call yourself the jam? <laughs> Come on, dude. Of course. Of course. Yeah, Josh Adamize, you listening to 103 The Jam, guys. We're giving away Hoobastank tickets if you're the fifth caller. So for some reason, nobody's calling in. Maybe it's because of their Hoobastank tickets, and they haven't been relevant in a long time, baby. Oh, good. Funny word, though, Hoobastank. Very funny <laughs> word. Very funny word. What do you uh, got? What? Ooh. Oh, wait. Scroll down. Scroll down, dude. All right, so the black guy, Randy, was like the big wig. Yeah. He was great. He was like one of the best bar mitzvah DJs. That kid, Art, he was kind of a hand job, and I trained him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know the other. Terrence, I don't know. Uh, Tony, I never saw him, but he always had gigs. I can't oh, believe I he can was on there. I can see why Tony had gigs. Look at that sultry photo. <laughs> Give it to us, Tony. He looks like he's in a, you know, an 80s Britpop, British invasion. He does whatever you want, whatever you thought. I didn't mean it. I just want you back for good. Want you back. <laughs> Randy was the man, though, dude. They loved Randy. Also, you know, there's the guys that own this company uh, were so religious. One of them wrote a book disproving evolution. Oh, wow. I'd be interested <laughs> to read that. Finally, someone did it. All right. Great. Good for him. If somebody can find it, it's written by Mike Lampiris. Mike Lampiris and the dude <laughs> Steve, who God bless their souls, man, because they they kept me around and I was a mess for a few of those years when I'd be drinking at weddings and causing scenes. Um, yeah. A drunken they, punch up at a wedding. Oh, dude. One of yeah. my favorite Radiohead songs. That's a great song. Uh, but there was, I, but I remember like they were, they were so sweet yet. They were so conservative and Steve, Mike was like the hardcore, like real Christian, like didn't cuss, probably had some underlying racism. Um, yeah, they, 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 they lived with their parents and their parents were like eighties. And these two guys were like 50 and like 45. Oh, that's rough. 
Yeah, but they had this business, and uh, and Steve was like the typical like he had like a bouffant hairdo, yeah. and, he, and he worked out and had like a fanny pack before they were cool, and he would talk like this, like, "Hey, Bubba, come on, that's what we're doing." All so right. he, he sounds like a DJ himself. Did he, he do it? Yeah, he did. He was there. Oh, yeah. He was like their top bar mitzvah and wedding guy. He was a cheeseball McGee, but God bless his soul. This is this is the greatest thing. Uh, that when I got my first job out of college and I was still DJing on weekends, um, the company, uh, it was called team. It was, it was a, a subsidy of, uh, of channel one news and discovery channel, a whole conglomerate in DC. And the, the, the HR person called Steve uh, to get a, recommendation and this is mm -hmm. what steve said and the woman said she goes dude i talked to that guy steve he was incredible he loved mm -hmm. you he goes she goes well, is there anything any what can you say that's good about josh and he goes i have known josh to be able to entertain and work with various audiences all the way from prepubescent teens to octogenarians and then she goes <laughs> and then she goes she goes what what is the uh <laughs> what is the what is there anything bad you could say about him and she goes yeah his breath stinks <laughs> like, he's like that kind of guy you know what i mean and right he's, right he's just the best god bless him i hope they're doing well <laughs> well it doesn't seem like they are but no, that's nice of you to say <laughs> they're, they're, they're killing it um all right let me see we got another patreon question okay all right, this is, I think this one is good. It's from Valerie Lopez. Does this album take you on the most intense emotional journey like it does me, which we've already covered? Yeah. Would intense you say is right. Would intense. you say it's an emotional one, though, or is, I feel like it's just one emotion? Yeah. Well, it's, I'd say, actually, uh, to Valerie's uh, point or question, it's one, like, overarching theme, but within it, I think are a few different shades. You know, there's there's anxiety and fear and anger. They're like all on the dark side. And then you get something like Morning Bell in the middle that kind of, it's almost like a false peak. You know, it's like you're seeing the sun after all this, all these clouds, but you know, it's gonna, you're gonna sink back below the cloud line very soon. So, mm -hmm. you know, I agree with Valerie, it, it, it is an, it's an intense emotional journey through some of your least favorite emotions, I would yeah. say. So she writes something. I, I like this. She said there's songs on it that make her cry, like Pyramid Song. Uh, there's songs that make her angry, You and Whose Army, which, and we talked about political, which I believe was directed at President Bush. Um, given oh, take, what you got out of what are you about to say what are you about to say hail to the thief wasn't that the one that had a more like yes hail to the thief was political mm -hmm. uh but also i also feel to go mm -hmm. off what tj said i also feel a band can be political even if their lyrics aren't explicitly ideological a oh, lot absolutely. of yeah a lot of bands do that and i think radiohead like we said they're talking about society and and society is uh, has to be you know also Political. included it has to be included the people that govern society so sure it's all part of the mood that's created in this record and and yes what's going on in the world isn't perfect i think the, the prime minister israel had just been killed a few years prior there's middle east is always the way the middle east is you know it's it's, right. Is it business as usual? No, because I think in fucking the beginning of November, in November, there was a fucking an election that basically got stolen with Tipper Gore and Bush. You know, yeah. the world's a, it's, 
it's you know what's so crazy is if that would have happened if that would have happened now it would there would be there would be war on the street well it did kind of almost happen in this really? last i mean well they they you know well all those things oh. almost happened because like trump claimed that he won and of course the bush uh, Gore election came down to like 200 votes in Florida yeah. with like the hanging chads and all that stuff. So that was actually close. Um, and it, it seems like the Republicans fixed it, but whatever. Sure. Um, but, but people have been fixing elections on both sides for centuries. So that's not like we're not going to accuse them of inventing something new. But yeah. then Trump tried to say at this time that he won. And there was almost a war in the streets when they stormed the Capitol. You know, it was like yeah. everything was close. You're right. If if another if an election came down to two hundred votes today, yes, everyone would be tearing shit apart. I'm saying if I'm saying if let's say the Trump situation happened in and like so instead of Trump just having no real proof, there's right. like look they fucking they didn't count these old people in Florida, right? Oh, then it's I think those people are even more magnified, like yeah. and more intense. So yep, yep. But it's it's interesting because and it's hard to argue that. Certainly over the last, you know, since Trump was elected until this very day, we've been going through, you know, kind of a dark period, what with Trump and COVID and yeah. all that stuff. But it's just interesting because we and, and everybody who lives through it thinks like this is really it. The world is falling apart. You know, th this is terrible. But just think about what people lived through in the 60s. You know, you, JFK mm -hmm. getting assassinated it, it cannot be overstated. Like, what a bummer that would have been. You know, that yeah. that is you know, just a huge bummer to to, to all, a lot of people that matter. And then, you know, just years later, you shoot his brother when he's running for president, Martin Luther King, and you have Vietnam. And it, I would, in the Cuban Missile Crisis, you would think the world was going to end like every day. And Today, you know, we have stupid things like podcasts and Twitter and Instagram, and we can look at a dog doing something cute, you know, every day. And it, it just, we're a little bit numb to it. But also at the, at the same time, I think we have to understand that some decades are good and some decades are bad. <laughs> like that's just always been the way, like the eighties were pretty good. You know, the uh, the 90s were not bad either. And then we've kind of there's, entered there's, into some bad Yeah, bad it, it, it doesn't. I think it's I think what it's good. It's OK. It's good. It gets, you know, you dip down and then it comes back up. It's just a constant up and down. And right yeah. now we're in the fucking down. We well, are in the down. The down we're in the upside down. But it's so funny. Yeah, cyclical. Good word. Um, but it's so funny to think of now because you think of the whole grunge music phase, which I loved a lot of, but you look back on it now and you're like, what were you so upset about? Like little did you know, like nothing had happened yet. Like, why were you so upset in 1993? Like what, what was bothering you then? As opposed to like nine 11 hadn't happened. Trump hadn't happened. COVID hadn't happened. You know, it's like the, it seemed like the nineties now to look back on them and to think Easy. like, Oh, we were all so angry. It's like, why parents are baby boomers. Probably, yeah. you know, I think it's, I also feel like, you know, the, the real people at the forefront, like Pearl jam and Nirvana, I mean, they were like, 
you know, we're coming off the eighties, which was so hair metal and that, yeah. and so like, you know, women are, women are sex objects and, and, you know, we don't give a fuck about any political things. Who gives a shit about the world? It's all about the party. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think grunge is angry at that shit where they're like, nah, man, there's real issues in this world. That's why Eddie Vedder is writing pro choice on his arm at uh, unplugged. Right. They, you know, that who, I don't know who said it on our podcast, uh, Adam, but when they said like the death of Kurt Cobain, it's like that because he died. That was the spokesman for like of like early '90s wokeism, but like good yeah. wokeism, not like over the top what we have now. And right. and from that he dies, and that spokesperson's gone, and then you get you know who takes the lead from that is fucking Fred Durst. Oh. Yeah, but that's, that's what that's happened. A, that's what that's came bad, from it. That's a bad turn right there. He's, he's, he puts on a good show. I saw him <laughs> not too long ago. That's all. I can't hate on him. Um, <laughs> all right, I want to finish these Patreon questions and then get you out sure. of here. This is you're, every radio I'd reckon you're coming back. We, I really. I love talking about them. You're fun. I, you're just great, dude. Oh, thanks. So are you. And I, and, I, and I have to agree with Adam that you have to stick to it with this because, like, it's a great. It's a great thing. You're locked into something, you know, and you're locked into, you're committed to something artistic. And I think that's cool. Yeah, and it's God. a big, it's a big commitment. It's a no biggie. denying. It's a it's big a biggie one. Thicky. It's a yeah. biggie, biggie, thicky. So to follow this next part of the question up, I got to find out, Adam, where are the records that how many, like, you know, we do the 20th year. So this album didn't make the cut for the 2020 re-rank. It did not. This okay. is the second time we've talked about Radiohead. You did 336 in Rainbows. We're going to see them three more times at 162 with OK Computer, oh. 111 with The Benz, and number Ooh. 67 with Kid A. And on the 2020 oh. list, Kid A is at number 20. OK Computer's at number 42. The Benz is at 276. And In Rainbows is at 387. Um, Such a weird rearrange. Well, I can see why Kid A is is up so high in the twenty. Dude, Kid A changed like Coldplay. All these bands that are like now doing electric shit that were like Britpop or like rock and roll. The way the face of music, it's Kid A. Okay, Computer was a good nestle. Look, I, and I know we said this last time. Okay, Computer is my favorite record. Their best record is Kid A. Their best. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I certainly a lot of people think so. I love it. I it for me, it's third, but. You know, I mean, maybe it's even fourth, but I, I, I still love it. You love the Benz. That's why you love the yeah. Benz. The Benz is great, but the Benz is third. You know, I yeah. put uh, OK Computer and In Rainbows one, two. OK, so then that's you. That's your question is if you could only have uh, two radio heads on the top 500 list, you would put OK Computer and, and In Rainbows. In Rainbows. I, I would... it, that's tough, though, actually, because I that's a tough question the way that question is worded is is interesting i would definitely put okay computer on there you have um, to that's the that's the yeah. guarantee that's the guarantee it's the lock um but yeah i would still go within rainbows probably and you'd probably go with kid a, kid a. And, and, and and okay computer kid a because dude it's even with this man the the bleeding between the both you know morning bell is basically on kid a um yep. and you know dollars and cents and hunting bears i mean there's none nothing on here the only song that that sucks which i'll get to in a second is is one of the tracks and i, I just you know i think there's like there's 
they, they released a record with the genius that they created during Kid A. They released another full record of just of what we call B-sides, but yeah. to them is a fucking full. This feels like a full record. This doesn't feel like a bunch of B-sides. No, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I, and so that's why Kid A is, is their best record because all the B-sides from OK Computer were just, they're just out there. Yeah. They're not, right. there's not like a record. You got to get a weird bootleg from the beach boardwalk, like t-shirt factory that they only have. Like, that's how I got all those songs. I bought oh, a yeah? ocean city boardwalk, like Carney, like, yeah, you want to, if you get that ring in there, you get this copy of Radiohead doing lift live Jesus. in wow. London. <laughs> that's unbelievable. <laughs> all right, here we got one more Patreon and then we'll do rap. Sure. Um, all right. It's Mark. Is it Mark? Mark. Mark Hodge- Hodgkinson. How's your foot doing, dude? He he came to see me in Toronto and his foot was all fucked up a couple years oh ago. Boy. But he actually, this is why I keep doing it. Mark is is a dude that that writes his own blog post about every album. Amazing. So that's commitment too. Yeah, I can't fuck you, it up for him. You got Mark. some you got some apostles here. I love this. <sighs> Mark's Mark rules. The I idiom think... knives out is so powerful. Has there ever been a time in your life when you felt you needed to go into into a social situation with your figurative knives out, prepared for battle at the smallest slight? In retrospect, mm. was it the right strategy or was there a time when it should have been your strategy? That's a good question. That's a great question. I love that. Tell me your knives out. Okay. So I can think of one, two things to, to speak on this. One of them uh, was, were the early days of the family guy writer's room because it was, you had to be ready to kill or be killed in there. And you just always had to be on guard. Like yeah. it, it was, it, and it was fun as hell, but it could get rough. You know, like you had to make sure what you were pitching was tip top or else you were going to sometimes get slaughtered. And then sometimes you had to be ready to fire back to defend yeah. yourself. So that was interesting. Now this is to go to amnesiac and sort of the darker side here. I find myself that I'm in that situation often with my wife. Like I don't need a social gathering, you know, when I go to a social gathering, it's presumably people that I'm choosing to hang out with. So it's usually fine. And people that I've known for years and years. And this, this is the wrong way to, to to answer the end of the question. It's completely (laughs) the wrong way to handle a situation with your wife. Cause I feel like sometimes if I'm irritated with her, she might not even know it. I could be irritated by something that she has no idea that she did or why I feel that way. And then it's I'm it's stewing inside of me. And then the next time I'm I'm with her, having a conversation with her, at the slightest uh, provocation, that's when the knives are out. And I've I've found that uh, you know I'm I can be way too mean of a person in those situations. You know, it's so the knives out, which is such a he's right. It's a powerful uh, image. Um, it's never the right way to do it. Like, and I'm I'm learning that now that you know, taking control of your own anger and, and keeping the knives in is always the better way to interact with anyone. Anybody. Yeah. It's, Anyone. It's, the, it's the, uh, the art of war. Don't show, 
don't show anything. You just, you know, <laughs> even when you're angry, you're just like, okay, that's, that's cool. And that's it's like, so you funny. You, you took it to art of war and I'm like, let's try and be nice to each other. Right. Just like art of war. <laughs> or did you read, did you read Machiavelli? Right. Exactly. Yeah, dude. Yeah. All right. Well, to quote Beowulf, let yeah. me tell you something. Dude. No, it's, I, I feel like I have my knives out any, anytime I talk and it's, it's a calm knives out, but anytime I talk to an industry person about, you know what i like i always feel like i'm people confuse the goddamn comedy jam with me when it's like i'm the show and it's like i now yeah. believe that so much that even with this netflix taping it was like they were giving me like not a runaround of what they wanted me to do but it was like do you guys understand like it's just let me do what the fuck i do and it'll be great right That's it. right don't try to it. change it you I just want, hear I want to circle something that you said there because I found it amusing when you what? said it's the calm knives out <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's possible. Can you, is there ever a scenario where the knives come out and everyone's calm? I don't think so. Just show the blade a little bit. What would you say, Adam? Butter knives, you know? Butter get, knives, yeah. butter. The butter knives are out. That's a, that's a good way. I got a butter out. knife and I can like, I can just, just, just a nice <laughs> melty spread. There you go. You got to have the knives out, man. You got to fight for what the fuck you want. And and I think like, I, I mean, in the last few years, I don't get angry anymore. I mean, that's just therapy and, and you know, meditation and all that stuff. But I mean, you know, it's, you got to fight. We got to yeah. fight for what we want. Well, you that's know? true. That's and if, true. And if, and if you're fucking, you know, fighting over why we have Cinemax on the cable bill with your wife, and yeah. you're like, you're like, we don't watch it. We don't watch yeah. Cinemax. Why are we right. paying for this? Yeah. Well, hey, in the '90s, we sure watched Cinemax, didn't we? Oh yeah, dude. Oh, Red yeah, Shoe baby. Diaries. Yeah. Little, oh, little <laughs> yeah, dude. That's Adam's favorite show. <laughs> Red Shoe. <Love laughs> he's it. a huge Love Red Shoe. I have my buddy. I think my buddy Brady was on that. And he's wasn't like, that uh, wasn't that Duchovny? Duchovny, yes, dude. Yeah. Uh, former guest of the 500. Really? Yeah, dude. You want to talk about a deep thinker? That dude. Oh, I love him. Every question we asked him, we were doing it on Zoom. I would ask him the question, right, Adam? And he would take a second and go. You could see the gears going in his head. Like he was preparing oh every response on the fly. It was impressive. And then every response was perfect. Yeah. And you and you talk about a voice that you love. I love his oh. voice. Oh, yeah, God. Dude. He's the best. <laughs> he is he's the, the best. best. Big he's up, the best. David. I know he's an avid listener. We got one of his Patreon questions. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, really? Read it. <laughs> um, all right. Knives out. You know, all right, here we go. Final questions to get you out of here. Um, dude, and thank you for doing this, man. Thank you for having me. It's awesome. I love doing it. You, rule, you guys dude. are great. You, you, by what you've said, you've tacked on at least eight more episodes to before yes. I quit. You bought Love me eight. Oh, I, I, Thank you, sure, Alex. any Beatles album, obviously. I mean, I know that I can't hope to, to, to tread on that because I'm sure those are highly requested. I'm sure you got like, uh, you know, Casper Weinberger and uh, I don't know, I'm trying to name old like <laughs> political figures that you might have lined up oh, for that. We have everybody, Margaret Thatcher's cousin. Uh, we've there you got, go. <laughs> we've got uh, the, the Prince Kissinger. Andrew. Kissinger was who I was trying to think of when I said Casper Weinberger. I don't know why I couldn't think of him. But no, you guys are you guys are awesome, and I love talking about Radiohead, and I love talking about music. So yeah, anytime I'll be here. All right, these are the same questions I ask everybody. Uh, yeah. Favorite song on the record? 
Uh, I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with Knives Out. I just okay. think that again, I it, it it to me it would fit so seamlessly on many other Radiohead albums, sure. and I I find it just like it's the most sort of like it, I think Morning Bell is its own little la di da nursery rhyme, which I enjoy, but Knives Out feels like okay, I can chill out listening to this song. It's it's definitely one of the songs that you can put on a playlist with other stuff. Totally right. Yeah, you can. It's like you said, the the clam bake that you're eating at, maybe knives out. Everything else, you're not you're not putting on uh, <laughs> pyramid song. No, <laughs> unless no. they're like walking the lobsters over to the water <laughs> to boil them. You know what I mean? It's like they're dropping one in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, so for the years, camera follows it down to the bottom of the pot. For years. It yeah. was, uh, you asked me my favorite song is, I would say Pyramid Song, but uh, I think the best song on this record is uh, is Life in a Glass House. I think it's the perfect song to end the record. I love, and I get to give a shout out to the jazz trumpeter Humphrey Lytleton. Uh, <laughs> it, Lytleton agreed to perform in the song with his band after his daughter showed him Radiohead's 97 album, OK Computer. According to him, he said, didn't want it to sound like slick studio production, but a slightly exploratory thing of people playing as if they didn't have it all planned out in advance. And I feel like they, they nailed it. Nailed that. <laughs> yeah. It's there's, there's like, there's this one run at the end where it's just like, it's so hummable it's almost to me it's just such a weird because it's such a, a cacophony of noise it's it's almost as hummable as slashes solos from november rain to oh. me to me it's like you hear it you hear the you hear every little like you can sing along to that i can almost sing along to the trumpets in that song that i pull out because it's it's that yeah. good it's a it's the you end the record with that. If you don't end it with that, I don't think we're talking about it. If you just misorder these songs yes. differently, I don't yeah. know if this record's on this list. That's why it carries the weight. That's why it's a full record. Open with, uh, with you know, Pact, and then close with yeah. this. Yep. And then and it's the just... End, the end sounds like a New Orleans funeral, almost, yep. like the sound of it. So they're putting, they're cool. putting, They're putting these sessions, the Kid A sessions to bed they're they're getting they're, they're like we're yep. done we're now moving on to hail to the thief which people you know we could talk about that for hours because people like sure aren't aren't with it i am but uh that's a great album all right uh least favorite song on the record i mean i think it's uh polk polk, polk slash whatever polk uh, pole revolving doors yes yes i knew it was a pp thing um <laughs> but uh yeah you know I, I just wasn't into it, didn't grab me, and and I'm not against doing uh, an instrumental or anything like that. Like I'm I'm I can be for that, but it needs to be needs to as uh, as some of my older relatives would say, uh, needs to you know you need to be tapping your toes a little bit there. <laughs> There's no tap. <laughs> no. Here's a cool here's a cool fact because it's my least favorite song too. This began as an attempt to record another song. They were trying to record True Love Waits, uh, and it features keyboard loops recorded during the OK Computer sessions. Radiohead disabled the erase heads on the tape recorder so that the tape repeatedly recorded over itself, creating a ghostly tape loop and manipulated the results in Pro Tools. Deciding that arrangement did not fit, True Love Waits, uh, Radiohead used it to create the song. 
Unbelievable. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't make me like it more, but it's cool. Yes. That's cool. Interesting factoid. Interesting factoid. All right. What song would you fuck to on this record? Oh, um, I think probably I, I like pyramid song because then I think, <laughs> I think you can, you can have an eye contact connection there. I think, uh, and that's about the my physical rate of speed is uh, <laughs> something like that. Well, that so, made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll take it slow, and it'll be over by song's end. I it's can, a death that's, march. <laughs> that's the sulk guarantee. It'll be over before you know it. <laughs> um, I'm fucking to. I mean, there's so many jokes in all of this. Yeah. You know, not only pack like sardines in a crushed tin box. I mean, that is. That yeah. doesn't sound like that. That some, sounds like one of like a British euphemism for gay sex. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah what's yeah. packed in like sardines back there? Like, and a crushed in box. Oh, yeah. he's a fancy lad. Yes, he yeah. is. Yes, he is. Uh, but also, after years of waiting, nothing came. God, do you know what's crazy? There is oh, a chick. Uh, I got to end on this, and this is it. There is a chick that I dated on and off for eight years, and. Uh, we never dated. She would just come home for the holidays and we'd make out. We'd go out to dinner, we'd make out, get drinks, and then she'd yeah. go back to her place. I'd go back to mine. Right. We didn't have sex until finally in 2006. She came home for one of the holidays. She goes, come up to New York. And she's doing really well. Started this computer business, sold it recently for like $400 million. Ooh, nice. And uh, but we finally, this is the, this is the night we're going to have sex. And I come yes. to me at, and she's staying in hell's kitchen. We go out to this restaurant. I remember Mike Myers, you know, Austin powers is there like in the corner. I'm like, Oh my God, it's fucking Mike Myers. And we're drinking and it's great. Yeah. And then we go back to her place. I'm like, this is it. I'm finally going to have sex with her. Mm-hmm. And we start having sex and she's on the pill. So there's no protection. Boom. It's great. And we've been fucking for like, oh man, half hour, 45 minutes. And I realize I've got whiskey dick. I'm not going to yeah. be able to have an orgasm. Yep. And so I fake it. Yeah, that's happened. That's happened. And people make jokes about it. Gary Shandling used to have a funny <laughs> joke about that, right? Like he's like, you've to, for a male, orga- a male to fake orgasm, it requires a lot of eye contact. <laughs> like you, you really got to sell it. Um, oh. but, uh, yeah. It's a lot of squiggling. Because, because then I don't know, like, it, believe me, I've been there. It's, it's an embarrassing thing, but I think ultimately they're more embarrassed as well. So yes. even if they have the thought of like, did he not finish? They're just not going to, they're not going to say anything. And, and, and I remember when she finally realized it a few minutes later, and you know, she's like, where does it go? And I was like, Oh man, it's probably just a shot. I don't even know. It's, it's, it's over top of you. And and then she realized it and then she came out of the bathroom and she was just so cold and i was supposed to stay for two days in new york and the next morning she goes hey i'm just gonna take you to the train station i've got a lot of work oh. and then that was it so yeah. after years of waiting wow nothing no, came nothing came <laughs> nothing came. <laughs> that's great uh well, well you give you a mulligan like come on Nah, we never did it again either. But a crazy story. I moved to New York. She lives here now. She's married with a kid. And she randomly just calls me and says, hey, I'm having my 40th birthday party. Would you like to come? And I'm like, oh. sure. Where, where is it? She goes, she goes, it's at, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Goddamn right. I'd like to come. Uh, yeah, I get finally. a second shot of this. But she's like, and then she, she says to me, she's like, I'm having about 40 people over to our, our, our home in Soho. And so I'm like, Oh, wow. She's doing good. If she can have 40 people there. Yeah. And I walk in and this, I mean, easily a $10 million apartment. Wow. Easily. I mean, stairs in it, 
And it was cool. Yeah. We talked the whole night. Her husband was giving me the side eye, but you know, yeah. there's nothing there. There's nothing there. She's maybe there is, maybe there is. <laughs> I felt it. I want, I want money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Call me. Call me. Call me. I can't even say her name, but she, she knows no, who don't. she is. She yeah. knows who she is. She's not uh, listening. She's, she's not. not listening. God, no. She's worth $400 million. She's not <laughs> yeah. listening. She's, she's the one that's excited about uh, Lucinda Williams. She's listening to that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, promote away. What do you got to promote, Alec? Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm uh, still working on Family Guy. Loving that. Uh, we're getting ready to, to crank out season uh, 21, I think. So, Congrats. I know. It's pretty exciting. Also, I'm doing my own podcast, who isn't a typical discussion display a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing so love we're it. having a fun time doing that i love it everybody listen to it alec you'll hear him again you'll be back dude you're gonna be back I, we're gonna we're gonna get you it. off radiohead and give you a different band too anything you want i'll be here yes all right love you bud thank all you all right you too bye guys what i tell you what i tell you the one and only alex sulkin i love him on Instagram at Alex Sulkin, on Twitter at The Sulk, and listen to his podcast, A Typical Disgusting Display. For listener shout out, I'm giving it to Maria. I love you. You know who you are. All right, for new music, we have listener submitted Jordan Ahmed. It's his band, The Radiant, from Saskatoon, Canada. They're big fans of Radiohead, and you're listening to their 2020 single, Project Mastermind. It rules. You can find the links on our website, the500podcast.com. Send us your songs. We'll play it. 500podcast at gmail.com. Next week, it's Jamaica, the Whalers. We're doing burning. Do your homework.
What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe for Grind podcast. Next chapter podcasts.